finding a research-based program to help students learn how to read is critical and it's not optional in special education. That's exactly what we're going to talk about on this episode of the Special Education Inner Circle podcast. I've brought with me Beth and Carla from Slant System to talk about research-based reading and how we can work together in helping all students achieve more in their reading skills. So Beth and Carla, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having us. Okay, so I'm really excited to have this conversation, but just so everybody kind of knows where you're coming from, can you share how did you end up at an IEP table? Sure, uh, I'll go first. I'm Carla O'Brien. Um, I knew very early on in my life that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I did grow up with a, with a with a cousin actually that has Down syndrome, and um, and and I knew then special education was the path that I wanted to follow. Um, so um, I have sat at an IEP table for about 22 years. I've I've been in the roles of teacher, mostly as teacher, administration, and then. Um, more recently as a parent. So I've always led uh, each experience from, you know, looking at it from the parent perspective. And um, if if it was my child, what would I do? Um, And and just a true love for my students and and always wanting to do what is best for them, thinking about their future and and trying to come up with a good plan and and form a really good partnership with with everybody at the table. Yeah. And I love that you have so many different perspectives and including that administrative kind of perspective, because a lot of times when we're talking about curriculum and strategies and supports and things, uh, it it leads up to the administrator kind of getting on board and supporting their team in that. So um, I love that piece. All right. Um, And how did you end up at an IEP table? Yes, I'm Beth Catlin, and I have um, been taught teaching for 22 years. Um, I served as a kindergarten teacher for 17 years, a first grade teacher for a year. Um, and the last uh, five years, I've been a reading specialist. And I, um, as the reading specialist, I really am in that role where I am the teacher who determines um, which students we can return to the classroom or who needs, who do we need to keep data on to help them to move to um, through the special education process. So I am often the one working with the classroom teachers saying, I think we need to bring this child up to the team to determine next steps and ultimately working collaboratively um, as the the lead, you know, one of the lead members of the MTSS team bringing, being the one to be able to talk through and collect data to determine next steps for students to make sure that their needs are being met and if they need to go through an evaluation process. And um, making sure, you know, to be the one also oftentimes communicating with the parents of what we need to do next and what we need to watch for. And here's the process that we're going to go through to make sure that we are doing everything for your child that we can to help them. And uh, just like Carla, I also have sat as a parent at the at the IEP table as well. So we we both have both <laughs> the experiences of teacher and parent perspectives. Yes. Uh, and I love it. And that, you know, just parents, I want you to hear like when they kind of turn on their teacher voice through this and they start to share some things that they they understand as a parent what that feels like too to have some of these tough conversations. So in fact, I'm just going to jump in there and call something out in education. So um, all of our listeners know that, you know, I'm a certified teacher. You know, I had spent time in the classroom and I went and got all the multiple degrees like a lot of special education teachers do. And I still never felt prepared to teach reading at the level that my students needed. 
And I blamed myself for that. Like, what did I not know? Like, what did I miss? Where are these tools? Like I walked into an empty classroom. I I want to just kind of speak to parents who need to know, like, this is happening as in there's a lot of, you know, specifically special education teachers who uh, don't receive the type of education that they need in this. And then teachers, I want them to know that they're not alone. So can you guys just speak a little bit like, did you guys feel prepared to be that intensive kind of reading support, reading teacher, you know, the the lead person when you guys kind of came out of school or those first few years of being in the system? I I think as a, my experience as a classroom teacher was everything that I learned as a classroom teacher. And I was, my undergrad was in uh, early childhood. So I didn't have any, you know, uh, experience in teaching phonics, teaching, you know, really was not prepared. I had to go out and train myself to take a training program before I started teaching kindergarten on how to teach phonics myself. So that unless it was written into the curriculum and I got the training through the curriculum that my district was provided, I did not get that experience through my undergraduate college experience, which is is really um, disheartening. And, and, And I I struggled with that as a young teacher. Um, Fast forwarding to getting my reading specialist degree, I learned, uh, you know, uh, really powerful background stuff, but the structured literacy um, and the explicit instruction was not embedded in in even my reading um, masters that I got. And that was, um, you know, an evolution. And it took multiple other trainings outside of my degree to get to the point where I felt comfortable and confident in what I was doing and how I was approaching students with that. Yeah. How about, how about you, Carla? Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that as well. Um, I, I do say that I, I feel like I have always been very fortunate to be in school districts that have supported my professional development. Um, and and um, coming a uh, previous district that I, I was uh, working in, we, we did, we, we were trained in um, research-based methods. Um, but I don't think, and it wasn't until, until my, 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 the last district that I was in, um, that my 17th year of teaching, when I, when I really learned about structured literacy and that method, um, uh, truly what teaching reading needs to be um, and the impact that that can have, not only as a teacher making, simplifying what I do, because I know exactly what to do when a student comes in, I can, I can assess, I can um, look for those red flags and know what to do. Everything is laid out, but also from the seeing the students excel, um, creating confidence in those students, happy parents that are are saying, you know, thank you. Um, I, I don't know what you're doing, but my child is 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 finally feeling confident in their education. But yes, I, to, to go back to what you were saying is, um, no, I, I don't feel that I was truly prepared coming out of college, um, knowing what, what to do, um, you know, when, when I had a student that had reading needs. It, it truly, it truly is, uh, uh, you know, I, I think a, a problem, a, a, a need across the country yeah. for many, many teachers. And I know teachers are desperate for that training. I think with a lot of, you know, what's out on social media right now, and people are really understanding that there is a science behind teaching how, how to read and how the brain works. And, and, um, and, and pe- teachers are really desperate for that. So 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just going to give an action step to everybody right now. Number one, if you are a teacher and you don't have a research-based curriculum, you know, and again, this is speaking a lot to the special education teachers that just have a wide variety of students kind of assigned to their room and you're begging for materials and just kind of pulling anything that you can get off the internet, spending your own money, doing those things. Like you need a research-based curriculum. And I know it can be hard to go have that discussion with your administrator, but you need to do that. Parents, I need you to start asking questions about the curriculum that your child is using. Like mm -hmm. you need to understand, is your child working in a program that is going to make a difference? And today we're going to talk about structured literacy and slant systems specifically, because that's what made a difference for both of you. In fact, it made a difference so much that you guys now are just running the show, right? For a slant system. And I mean, so I, I just want you guys to know this as listeners, like you are listening to the best of the best when it comes to slant system and what it can do, the results that can happen. And it's a resource that you need to know about. It's extremely accessible to school districts and teachers. I'm going to make sure to put it up here. Um, there, you're going to see it on the screen. You're going to see links above or below. I want you guys to go check out slant system. System. Uh, but I want to know more about this term structured literacy. So again, I did my homework, I dug into slant. So I could somewhat answer that. But I'm kind of like that new teacher when I'm like, okay, like I see it, but I haven't practiced it enough. So tell me what is structured literacy and the slant system? Sure. Um, so structured literacy is, um, it, it, it melds together uh, the knowledge of sounds and symbols, uh, phonemic awareness, um, um, vocabulary, um, syntax, all of that into one. Um, but the, the piece to it that makes it structured is that we follow a very specific scope and sequence. So the teachers know exactly what they're teaching, what sound patterns they're teaching, what, what uh, spelling rules they're teaching, what language concepts, um, in, in what order, moving from the most common sounds um, and, and in the, the most um, simple language concepts to the le le least common sounds and more complex concepts. Um, additionally, it is systematic. So um, it is very explicit. We are very direct with our teaching. We do not ask the students if they know something. We directly tell it what we want them to know. We teach to them. Um, and then it is also uh, cumulative. So every skill builds upon the, uh, the, the next. Um, and it is diagnostic. So we are in the moment. We are, it's individualized. We're very, we're assessing our student in the moment. What do they need to work on? Um, what are, what is working for them? And what do we need to keep reviewing? Um, we do not move our students on until they show mastery at what they're doing. So um, it, it is very individualized. Um, it, it, it is uh, slant specifically is not scripted. So teachers have to have that training piece behind it to know how to do all of this and know when to move my students forward. Um, it is very, it is highly um, effective for students. Um, also, it gives them a lot of, like I had mentioned before, that confidence because anything we present to the students, we have explicitly taught them. So along with it comes um, what the big buzzword out there right now is decodable materials. And there's, there are some, there are some, um, you know, some information out there um, that, that, you know, of what that is, but I can tell you from our decodable materials, um, everything that the student has in front of them, um, any text we put in front of the student is to practice the skill that we have just taught. 
So there will be nothing put in front of that student that they have not learned already. Um, and decodable text just means that um, we have taught all the sound patterns, all the spelling rules, all the language concepts that appear in that text. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really successful for students um, and, and it's, it's very effective. You know, when I hear that you teach to mastery, that's so important because a lot of times, again, in special education, what I see is um, splinter skills. I see this result, you know, three, four, five years down the road where like the child's making progress, but then they hit a brick wall. They can't go any further because they're missing some of the foundational skills. And it's like having to go back and reteach and kind of fill in those holes where there were things missing. So when you say things like scope and sequence and teaching the mastery, like my heart is so happy. I'm like, yes, bring it on. I'm like, then we can, we can really say, what is the present levels of performance and how do we write this smart goal? And how are we going to make sure that we're, that we have these measurable results, you know, helping a child get from point A to point B and, and really looking at the intervention as, um, you know, being effective in a way that we can see it. We don't just like, we feel like this is working or we see some progress. It's so definitive. And I love that so much. It is. It is really, um, you know, as you're talking about goals too, you know, we take that student's need and the, those those needs drive, drive those goals. But, you know, having a structured plan really presents a roadmap for us to follow. And, and knowing, you know, if I continue on with this, my student will achieve all of that, you know, just, just to know um, exactly what that student it will be, will be able to do because we, we, we have that plan in place. Yeah. It's so important. You know, there's with all of the things that we can research on the internet, um, you know, something that's very popular are goal banks, right? IEP goal banks. Yes. So it's like, you know, you put in like, oh, I need a reading goal for a third grader and some random goal comes up. And is it written as a smart goal? Probably if it's a good goal bank, it's written as a smart goal. Got it. But is it a good goal for that child for where they're at? Mm, I, that's extremely questionable because unless we're working within a scope and sequence in a research-based program, pulling random goals from just, you know, here's, here's a list of all the reading goals for third graders, that, that's not effective. Yeah. So I would love to know... Beth, what is, what's kind of your favorite part or your differentiator when it comes to slant system? I mean, like what got you excited as a teacher um, when you started to really dig into the system? Just as Carla was just saying, I think the ability to um, having training in a lot of other programs, having a lot of other resources, um, this was one training that allowed me to determine where gaps were for students and know how to address those gaps um, and being able to say even to some, you know, uh, intermediate grade teachers, I need to do a little more problem solving here to determine um, what, where the break, why this breakdown in comprehension is occurring. And I was able to take my knowledge from the slant system and use the assessments that, that come with, um, uh, come with our, our, um, materials to be able to, to identify and say, this child is having comprehension issues because they are not fluently decoding multisyllabic words and to be able to pinpoint exactly what they need to work on and go from there. And having that very, um, um, something that was very measurable and something that allowed me to show growth or not non-growth, um, to see where they weren't growing and where the trouble um, was coming in 
was really um, what what really helped to uh, guide me to the next level of, of what what do we need to do for this child to address all of these concerns. And the training through um, slant system that I got, uh, as well as Carla late in my career, um, really was a game changer. And I never um, I, I never looked back. I never really did anything else unless um, you know it was through through determining those gaps from the training that I had received if something else was warranted. So um, it, it really it really helped to not only give me a path, but also to to plan the the future and how I was going to work for that student. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about what this looks like when you say multi-sensory approach too. So that was something that, you know, we're not just talking about a bunch of flashcards of like, you know, memorizing words. Like this is so different than, you know, memorizing words and having flashcards and, and going through maybe, um, you know, some of our our listeners here, they're thinking, well, that's how I learned reading. And it's like, yeah, but we've got, you know, when we know better, we do better kind of things um, in that. So talk to me about what this looks like kind of hands-on um, for a child and for a teacher to really dig into this, uh, you know, slant system. Yeah, I, I mean, I will say it is very simple. Once you know the method, it simplifies life as a teacher and, and it simplifies life for the student because they'll achieve success. Um, so the, the multi-sensory, I did leave that out as far as that is part of structured literacy too, is that multi-sensory piece. Um, but um, so we are always trying to activate multiple modalities um, with a student because when if a student is ever stuck, they have three ways to retrieve that information. And I always like to draw it back to like when I was in college and I was studying for a test, I would write everything out because it made it stick. So we, we, we employ those same type of strategies with everything we do. So when we're teaching students new, new sound patterns, we are, they are doing it. They are doing it with motion. They're saying it, they're seeing it, um, um, and they're hearing it. So, um, so that, that, you know, really emphasizing that, um, that everything we do, that is how we approach it. And if a student is stuck, we pull back and we say, okay, let's, let's get out. We're going to get our hands out. We're going to get our pencils out and we're going to do it or pound. Um, however, multiple, you know, different programs use different, different techniques, but in actuality, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're trying to activate those different modalities. Yeah. And that's something that I think when we're talking about something like math, that becomes very, you know, natural. A lot of people are pulling out manipulatives, right? They're like, well, we're going to learn math and we're going to do this hands-on. And then you get to reading and we're not using yeah. manipulatives and all of these different ways to connect and make all of everything stick um, in there. So I just want, you know, especially for our parents who are like, well, what does like, what does this look like? It's like, well, you got to think about it. if you were, if you're teaching math and you're pulling out manipulatives to count things, it's, it's very similar. Like when I look at that, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. like, like here's a parallel to this. I'm like, we're pulling out different sounds and we're moving our body. We're moving in, in making sounds that go with so we can really make this stick yeah. in there. Um, I want to uh, have you share a little bit, just a, a just a few seconds on what does it take for a, a teacher to get trained in the slant system? Because as you mentioned, it's like we all went through all the school and we all take all these trainings and then the district wants different things from us. And it's a lot of overload and there's a lot of pressure to, you know, got to do more, got to do better. What I loved when I looked at slant, and this is one of the reasons I'm going to be bringing slant to all of our master IP coach conferences for our parents, teachers, admins, and therapists actually to get their hands on slant and 
really work hands on with the materials and see how simple it is and, and how it can be integrated into their own school system in that way. But just give a just give a brief overview of like what the professional development looks like to become slant certified. We start with an introductory course. So it is a 16-hour course. We have a three-day option and a four-day option, uh, and we can work with any school district to meet their needs um, of time constraints as well. So, um, But once we go through the introductory course, we get the, the background uh, of dyslexia and structured literacy and why that this is critically important, multi-sensory structured literacy. Um, and then we go right into the lesson plan where we're showing um, a, a full 50-minute lesson. Um, and then we are working through each component of the lesson. And we are also, not only are we working through how you deliver the lesson, but why it is critically important and why the order of the lesson plan matters um, and, and how, how we make sure that the, the lesson is implemented with fidelity. So immediately after um, that, that introductory course, teachers can start. They have everything that they need to know how to evaluate a student and to get started right away working with, with their students. Um, Carla and I were trained in a January course. And mm -hmm. by February, we were doing this with our students yep. and we were working with them. We then um, also have an option after that introductory course for a year long practicum. So during that practicum, there are 24 additional um, hours of instruction that come with that. And uh, then teachers are given a, uh, a coach for five coaching sessions to work with them, to be their cheerleader, to, to talk them through the process, to ensure the, the fidelity of the implementation. And that takes the pressure off of administrators who maybe aren't trained to do this. Um, but administrators can say, say with confidence that our teachers have gone through this very um, elaborate mm -hmm. process. Um, to, to ensure the fidelity of the implementation of, of the slant system and, and of this uh, research-based method. So it, it, you know, you can get started right away and then there's the optional um, continuation of, of the, the, to ensure the fidelity. So. And I love that it just doesn't feel intimidating. That's why I wanted you to share that piece where yeah. it's just like, you can get started. This isn't like you're signing up for the doctorate program of no. years and years of things. And you're like, okay, one more thing. And then eventually it's like, you need solutions fast as a teacher. You need solutions fast as a parent it, it, when you're working with your IEP team. And a lot of times there's these, just these extended delays in getting the services that we need. But I just want to kind of wrap this back around and, encourage everyone that you need to know what curriculum is being used for reading inside of your child's classroom. Teachers, you need to go advocate for yourselves to get the training that you need so you can simplify your life when it comes to helping students make that reading progress. I'm going to ask one last thing of Beth and Carla. I want you guys to give like a one sentence each of what would you tell a struggling teacher at this time right now, who's, you know, questioning, I don't even know if I can do this when it comes to reading or, or anything else in the school system. You know, our, our teachers are feeling burnt out and stressed at an extremely high level, it, you know, especially with our staff shortages and all the things. So let's give some words of encouragement to the teachers who are listening. Yeah, I, I would say that um, there keep going, <laughs> keep going. There, there is a very simple solution. And I truly think that um, when you are in, when you invest in your professional development, your own professional development, um, 
it's going to make everything else easier. We just have so many teachers that come in and they say, why haven't I gotten this sooner? Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been teaching this long and I never knew this. And, and you think about how much easier your, your life would have been and how many more kids you could have been impacted had you just known. So, um, so yes. And, and, and there's definitely so much out there and, and, um, this training is, is phenomenal. And, and I, and I truly, you know, speaking as people who, who went through it ourselves, um, it truly changed. It really changed our lives and, and every, every student that we have ever worked with. And this gives you what you need to, to get started. You, you are doing a great job being a classroom teacher, mm -hmm. being a, a resource teacher as a special education teacher is so very hard. Uh, we know that. Um, but when you find something that you can kind of latch onto and it makes sense for you in, in your own brain as the teacher to be able to deliver it to your students with confidence, um, it, it really, it, really empowers you as the educator to know the impact that some of your learning and those few hours that you spend on that professional development can make uh, a difference in hundreds of kids' lives. And I would like to just add to say we do thank you so much because, you know, as teachers who've been out there and as parents as well, you know, we do, we thank every single one of you teachers because, you know, you're in this for children and, uh, and it's hard. It's hard when you have so many things coming at you and you have your own life to juggle. Um, but, but yes, we do appreciate everything that everybody is doing. Okay. So again, I'm just gonna make sure everybody knows that you're gonna have all the links to all the things that you need. So you can look over slant for yourself. So you can have the conversations with the administrators and the teachers, you know, your, your fellow teachers, if you are teachers, parents bring up this conversation and start, you know, helping level up the expectations in special education. I'm also going to encourage you that if you learned something new here today, if you could like comment, share, if you are on Apple podcast, leave a five-star review. Every time you you like, comment, share, or leave a five-star review. It helps more parents and teachers find the resources that they need so we can build IEPs together that work in the real world to prepare everybody for, for further education, employment, and independent living. Thanks, Beth and Carla, and we'll see you next time on the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. Thank you.